In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Epiphany is given the alternate title in the prayer book of the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. It celebrates the revelation of the birth of Christ to the Magi of the East, who respond to this revelation by journeying to Jerusalem in search of the anointed king and to pay him tribute. The Feast of the Epiphany extends the celebration of Christmas, serving as a birth announcement to the whole world. It is God the Father's declaration that his Son has come. As St. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, quote, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Having received the proclamation today, the season of Epiphany that now begins will reveal the significance of that birth. God has come among us, and now we will see what his coming among us will mean. Biblical epiphanies are apocalyptic. They reveal not only God as he wills to be known at that moment in time, but also the character of the people to whom he reveals himself. In particular, divine epiphanies reveal who was seeking to find God and who was not. From the beginning of Advent, our, we have daily been reminded to keep watch because we did not know the precise moment when the master of the house would return. The narrative of Christ's birth reveals that not all were keeping watch when he arrived. For example, on Christmas Eve, the announcement of Christ's birth went out by angelic messenger in the middle of the night and came to certain shepherds who were awake in the night out of care for their flocks. All we know about their qualification to receive the message was that they were awake, and so they could hear it. As diligent shepherds, they were awake when they might have been asleep, and so were made the audience of the good news from Bethlehem. In our gospel lesson today, we see another group who was watchful, and so was able to receive the announcement of Christ's birth. The wise men were likely the descendants of the Magi of former Babylon and Persia from the days of Daniel the prophet. As we learn in the book of Daniel, this group had extensive and prolonged dialogue with the captive Jews taken from Jerusalem, Daniel himself being a, serving as a chief among them for at least several decades. At the time of Christ's birth, these wise men were diligently studying the movement of stars as they always did. It was part of their craft, their art of understanding. We are sometimes led to believe that the Christmas star was like a second sun in the night sky, but that no one else came looking but these faithful astronomers suggests something much more subtle something visible only if you had been keeping your eyes on the heavens for some time and knew that something had changed. They were seeking, 
even before there was a sign to follow, such that when the sign arrived, they were ready to respond to it, even if they did not fully understand whom they were seeking. In the palace of Jerusalem, however, no one was seeking. No one was keeping watch. Herod and the religious experts around him were not seeking to find the Christ child. They were not even aware that anything special had happened. Shepherds and foreigners knew before the so-called and self-proclaimed king of the Jews. We can only speculate at how different things would have been if Herod and the scribes had been receptive to the news about the child. If they had followed these Gentiles to see the child, they would have been led to welcome in their Messiah. But they refused to go. They refused to seek. They refused to see. They became willfully blind to the epiphany. And so began a rejection of that epiphany that would fully flower decades later as Herod's heirs, along with the scribes and Pharisees, put Jesus to death. The wise men, though, were seeking and were made to find what they sought. And upon finding the person that they sought, they were given the gift of seeing even more. As the gospel records, upon seeing the child, they offered gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. In themselves, these were offerings of precious materials, common currency of tribute. But their symbolism revealed a deeper truth they apprehended through this seeking, through this finding, and through this willingness to offer an oblation. Gold was a gift you gave to royalty. Frankincense was a gift you gave to a god. Myrrh was a gift given as a last act of kindness to the dead. The response of these wise men to the epiphany brought out of them a kind of prophecy concerning the child, this God and king who was bound to die. Years later, St. Paul would reflect on the character of Christ's epiphany in his letter to the Ephesians. Quote, To me, who am the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. St. Paul had been zealous for righteousness to the point that he persecuted the church as a deviant messianic sect, worshipers of a crucified rabbi who could not be the Messiah because he had been put to death. When the time of epiphany came for him on the Damascus road, and he saw that Jesus was not, in fact, dead, he found in that encounter the end for which he had been zealous to the point of murder. Despite the deep flaws in his zeal, he nevertheless was made to find what he had sought. The epiphany made him know that he was blind, and so that he knew he needed to see, and he needed help to see. And in accepting that help, St. Paul began to participate 
as a chief agent of the gospel. During Epiphany, the prayer of the church becomes one of asking for hearts that seek and eyes that see. As the Lord spoke through Jeremiah to the captives going off to Babylon, quote, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Christmas revealed that the Lord wills to be with us. Epiphany reveals that the Lord wills to be found by us. Together, these seasons reveal that God has come to enable us who are hard of seeing to find him. But like those who were not watching or seeking at the time of their epiphany, so we can also miss what the Lord wishes for us to find if we are too distracted or deluded by the designs of our own hearts and desires. As we go into the Epiphany season, we will receive again the proclamation of Jesus Christ as the Son of God who was sent into the world to save sinners. Our prayers should now be directed to receive grace to receive Christ again as Savior and Lord. And as we are converted, and turned back again in that prayer, we will be surprised to find that the Lord bears through us an evangelistic impact beyond our expectation. For no one could have imagined during the captivity that the faithful presence of Daniel and others would lead eventually to the conversion of Magi. No one could have expected that St. Stephen's forgiveness at his stoning would be followed by the conversion of Saul, who approved of it. And we cannot yet see how our little faithfulness as a parish to receive the epiphany tonight will be the beginning of salvation for those we may least expect, if we will but be diligent to keep watch and to pray. For as St. Paul writes, quote, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.